Tennessee Wildcast is live on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hey, all right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad y'all are tuning in. Uh, Going to have a great show today for you. It's all about turkey. Uh, it's not turkey season, but we want to recap the past season and uh, find out information on uh, how the uh, herds are doing, or the flocks, I guess, for turkey. <laughs> and uh, we got the expert here. You, you know I'm not the expert. Uh, heard those flocks. Yeah, yeah heard those go. flocks. We've got the expert with us today, Mr. Roger Shields. He's our new wild turkey program coordinator, and we are glad he's here. And I also have Mr. Don King with me. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Appreciate the invite. Looking forward to learning a lot from Roger today. Yeah, he's a, he's the expert in the room, so we're going to turn to him for all the answers. <laughs> Hopefully I'll have some for you. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's new to the agency, and we're going to learn a little bit about him, and we're glad he's with us, and I look forward to this show because I'm going to learn a few things. Yeah. New to Tennessee, too, yeah. I understand. Yep. So, so uh, well, let's jump into it, and we're going to start with Meet Roger. We could maybe start a new segment, Meet Roger. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> and uh, there's a couple of Rogers in the wildlife program upstairs, but this is Roger Shields. He's the Wild Turkey Program Coordinator for the agency now. And, uh, Roger, tell us about yourself. How were you introduced to the outdoors, and what got you into this this field? Hmm. What brought you towards towards the outdoors? Well, I I guess, you know, I grew up out, I, I, I'm from Kansas originally, that's where I grew up. Okay. Um, we, I say my dad kind of had a hobby farm, right? You know, he worked in town, but his hobby was raising cows, and uh -huh. so we lived out in the country, and I just always loved being outdoors, you know, just being outside. We had horses and cows and lived on 20 acres, and I just, I guess I got it from my parents, you know, they just, my mom always liked being outside and, and seeing wildlife, my dad liked you know, he he always wanted to be a cowboy, really, and uh -huh, so yeah. we just kind of grew up out outside, and um, not not really from a hunting family per se, um, but just enjoyed being outdoors. Well, uh, to to answer your question, how I got into wildlife, I actually didn't start out in wildlife, even though I loved the outdoors. I I, I started off um, I was going to study engineering, and and somewhere along the way, I got thinking about things, and I was like, you know, I don't know if I really want to do that, and so I kind of <laughs> backpedaled and started thinking, well, what do I want to do, and started exploring different, this is when I was in college, and I started looking into different majors, and I saw this one, I had no idea what it was about, wildlife management, uh -huh. and I was looking at the curriculum, well, that's pretty interesting, and uh, went and talked to one of the professors, and he said, well, I'll tell you what, just take this intro to wildlife management, one credit, we we'll meet once a, once a week for an hour, just kind of expose you to this whole field. And, and I tell you, you know, for a kid that had grown up um, watching Marty Stauffer's Wild America and Mutual of Omaha, uh -huh. Wild Kingdom, I yeah. mean, the things we were talking about, it was just it was just hitting home. And I was like, man, this is what I want to do. And so I just, yeah, I switched majors and, and got into it. And, and that's, I guess they say the rest is history. But, um, yeah, so. So. So you didn't really grow up hunting and fishing, or did you? Did you? When was the first time you went out in the woods and, and went hunting? Yeah. So, like I said, you know, none of my immediate family hunts, right. um, and so we were more like you know hikers and, and backpackers and, and camping and that kind of a thing, uh -huh. and, and riding horses and that kind of stuff. Um, and it was when I was in grad school, actually. I had in undergrad a couple good friends. They would go hunting all the time, 
and they kind of piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd see them going out and doing stuff, and I'm like, I need to, you know, I want to go. Uh-huh. But I, I'm, I didn't want to just barge in on their thing, you know. So I just kind of sat back and watched. Um, so then when I got into grad school, another colleague, another grad student that was working with the same um, major advisor, he, he started inviting me to go out. So we went duck hunting, goose hunting, that kind of thing. And, um, and then when I – so in graduate school – is when I started studying wild turkeys. Mm. And I finished up um, in grad school. I got a job down in Florida, and then the the guy that hired me, my supervisor, he kind of became another mentor for me, and he took me under his wing, started showing me how to hunt turkeys. Oh, and, neat. And so no pun intended. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, that's when I got into turkey hunting. Awesome. There is a learning curve, isn't there? I mean, you, you I'm talk still in about, it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It, it, yeah, me every, too. Every day, you know, you you uh, you you see your buddies going out, and you think, man, that, that yeah, I'm I'm really far behind in the in the education process as far as as far as the hunting side of it goes, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that's great that you uh, you were able to connect with somebody who who could could take you under their wing and and uh, show you you know how to get started and how to how to whet your appetite with that anyway so and and you know when we talk about um hunter recruitment and stuff and right and and nothing against any of the work that we're doing with the youth i mean it's wonderful but you know as one who was exposed to hunting later in life right. I, I always am like beating that drum let's not forget about the folks that are you know adults that uh-huh. might be interested in hunting because mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, they're like me. They're interested in it, but they don't even know where to begin. And and it really takes somebody to say, "Hey, come with me." You know, mm-hmm. let me show you how this is done. So, and there is a new thing that we've been talking about called R three recruitment, retention, and mm-hmm. reactivation that uh, that is is going to be really important with our our agency moving forward. Since we're so dependent on license sales, you know, to to continue to do our work, that that unless we recruit a new uh, a new generation of folks that are are interested in and that that feel that passion you know it's it's going to be tough for us moving forward so um i know jennifer wisniewski our our uh is, is doing a lot of, of of work toward that end and mm-hmm. and we're all i mean everything we do especially with this this program is yeah. is uh aimed really ultimately at that r3 effort to to recruit folks so that's interesting to yeah. hear your background there roger yeah uh, and I'm sure people may be wondering, where'd you study? You mentioned grad school. Where'd you study? Oh, so I did undergraduate school at, at Brigham Young University in Utah. And then, like I said, I got done there. And I knew I ne- wanted to get a master's. Ended up at South Dakota State University. Okay. And, uh, and then they brought you to Florida, I guess. Is that where you started out? Yeah. Cool. Right out of college, uh, out of you know, grad mm-hmm. school. Um, my my major advisor at the time he said hey I, I see this advertisement for a turkey biologist down in Florida he said um, I don't think you're qualified I don't think you know you really have much of a chance but you'll probably get an interview anyway given your background you know having <laughs> yeah. studied done your your graduate work on them he be said, good and experience and that's yeah, what he said yeah, yeah. yeah it'd be great experience to go through the interview process and just sure. kind of get that under your belt and uh, so I applied and and had the interview and um, well actually. I applied and and spoke to the hiring manager and and things were sounding good and then he called me back and he said I got bad news they're they're not letting me interview you because of, you don't have the experience that's required and I was like well you know I kind of expected that was yeah. going to be the case so you know I appreciate it 
he calls me back like two weeks later and he says, hey, you still interested in this job? And I'm like, yeah. And he said, well, they, they decide that they could count your, your graduate work as experience. Oh, wow. And so if you're still interested, we want to hire you or interview you. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah. So went good. down and right. it just fell into place. That's awesome. It was good. That's awesome. And then you had the bug to find some mountains and some uh, uh, <laughs> some areas in Tennessee to live, so you moved here. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were just talking before the the show here about how you know Florida has beautiful beaches and and it, it does. But I, even though I grew up in Kansas, I'm a mountain boy. You yeah. know, I just I love the mountains. We used to go um, vacation in, in the Rockies just about every summer. Right, yeah. um, I have an uncle that lives out in Utah and, and we'd go and visit him and go riding horses in the mountains. Wow. And, uh, my, my wife's from South Carolina. So when we go visit her family, we go up to the Appalachians and mm-hmm. hike and, and camp. And yeah. So when, actually when we, when we got out of school, you know, we, we were in Florida, but we started looking at the map and we we're like, where would we really like to, you know, where could we, we really could pick where we wanted to be, where would it be? And just looking at the map, I'm from Kansas, she's from South Carolina, I love the mountains. It was like, well, either Western uh, North Carolina or Eastern Tennessee would yeah. be where we'd want to, you know, settle. Uh-huh. And it, it just took me like 18 years to get here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad you're here for sure. Yeah. I know. I know the guys upstairs are happy to have you. They 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 all have great things to say about you, and I, and I look forward to working with you throughout the years here at the agency. Thank you. Um, well, let's recap a little bit. Spring 2019 season is is wrapped up, and and let's talk about the numbers. What were the harvest numbers uh, this spring? Yeah. So, um, actually, up from last year, uh, and and quite a bit up. You know, it's about an 11 percent. Mm jump from last year still down from kind of when you talk about averages and stuff a yeah. five-year average or you know sometimes you look at a 15-year trend but um you know thirty-one thousand birds plus um that's that's a good direction to be heading compared to like i said the year before which was down quite a bit from two years ago mm-hmm. um yeah so I, that that's good thing um you know i'm looking at the Again, looking at those long-term trends, and I feel like, and, and I've talked to a lot of people about this and, and trying to get the word out, um, and again, my thoughts on this, you, you look at the trajectory that we were in, and starting back when, you know, the early 90s, even before that, when a lot of that restoration work was going on, mm-hmm. and and the birds exploded, you know, and that's what you typically would see. Right. A good explosion, that, that kind of exponential growth. Um, and, and, and we saw that here in Tennessee. And then as they start to fill the state, both because they're doing well reproductively and we're still stocking and releasing and, and kind of putting birds in new areas. Uh-huh. So those numbers are growing and expanding. But you reach a point where you kind of saturate things, right? Uh-huh. And they call that a carrying capacity. I feel like we had reached that carrying capacity somewhere in that, and it wasn't just here in Tennessee. It was throughout the, you know, the everywhere southeast, southeast kind of a trend. And, yeah, and even into a lot of the eastern half of the United States, because all the states were actively involved in in restoration work uh-huh. and, and doing the same thing basically at the same time. You know, right. some states were a little ahead of others, but in the southeast, we were seeing. A lot of states were seeing these kind of topping out and, and starting to decline, and that was all hitting right in around the mid two thousands. And so, yeah, Tennessee's no different. If you look at the 
the the track of harvest mm-hmm. and you know it increases increases till 2000 and then it starts to slow down uh-huh. kind of had a peak in about 2010 and then we've kind of been on a decline since then with some jumps up and down here and there but um, I think in the big picture of where we're at in Tennessee mm-hmm. I do believe we're kind of trying to find where that happy stable so I say stable and in, mm-hmm. in air quotes because turkey populations by their very nature are not a, a, a stable um, a stable number mm-hmm. that you have boom years of reproduction and you have bust years and, and you have a couple bust years and your numbers are going to go down and you have a boom year and your numbers are going to jump way back up right so there's going to be always that up and down fluctuation it's never going to be just a real fine steady line and uh, but i think that's where we're trying to get back to is some kind of stable more stable situation mm-hmm. hunter uh, the hunter efforts and and weather and all kinds of different factors play into all these numbers too it, especially when you look at harvest so mm-hmm. yeah 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 and so i guess from hearing what you're saying uh is it what we expected are you impressed with the numbers i mean it sounds like you think it's kind of settling out i yeah i mean i, I can't predict the future right. by any means but um I do feel like we're starting to get to where we're more, you know, that we may see a little bit more decline. Um, and, and again, I'm talking holistically here. Right. Uh, there's going to be little pockets that maybe have things going on. I think we'll talk about a little sure. bit more um, some of these pockets maybe. But, you know, looking at the big picture, yeah, I think we're we're kind of coming into a more stable situation. And, yeah. and I think that's what we were expecting. Uh-huh. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. And I had here, you know, we hear the numbers are down. Uh, is this true and does it depend on the area line you I guess you probably just pretty much answered that you know there's some areas that might have a decline and a few pockets that need more attention I guess yeah um, and we'll I don't know if you want to talk about it now but you know the middle Tennessee and there's some something certainly going on there because the decline was a little bit more severe than mm-hmm. in other parts of the state mm-hmm. and if you, as you look across the southeast again you kind of see that there are certain areas that just have had a lot steeper decline than other areas, even kind of state by state. And so, you know, clearly there's some things going on in addition to just that natural correction. Right. And and just trying to identify what those things are is a, a that's the million dollar question. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Well, what if we why don't we jump to a, a different segment here? Real quick. Why not? Before we get into this Middle Tennessee study. <laughs> Oh yeah. All right, that's a Q&A music and we hadn't done a Q&A in a the while. TWRA female singers. Yeah. 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 yeah, they do a great job. Um, we wanted to hit on a few things that's uh, going on uh, getting call a lot of calls on uh, on the elk raffle and and the quota hunt application time and want to give people an update on what's going on there so yeah twrf.net that is the place to go uh if to to get involved in the raffle the elk raffle twrf.net tennessee wildlife resources foundations what that stands for and uh, you can read all about all the details but but tell us a Give us a couple of highlights. There, yeah, Jason. so the elk raffle is going on. We did this last year; it was very successful. So we're doing it again this year. It's twenty bucks a chance, or you can get three chances for fifty bucks, or ten chances for a hundred. So the price goes down as you get more yeah. more chances there, and it ends at eleven fifty nine on August second. That's the last uh, day, last minute you can buy a chance. Uh, and there's 
five ways to win. There's the the main, the big prize, the hunting uh, trip, um, uh, hunting elk hunt, and then the route. You you win a rifle and a chance to be on the best of the West production. They'll film one, the film the hunt and put it on there as a segment on TV. So that's pretty cool. And then. Uh, from there down, Polaris Ranger is a second place prize. Gift cards from Cabela and Bass Pro is third place. A night muzzleloader is fourth, and the fifth draw will win a bunch of hunting gear. So that Polaris Ranger, I've heard some people say, "Man, I hope I get second. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's an awesome chance just to win that. You know, it's worth putting in a few dollars for, for an opportunity to win that uh, Polaris yeah, Razor. Our Ranger. foundation has really, really stepped up the uh, the prizes that go along in conjunction with the hunt. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the the golden opportunity there to to be a part of this hunt and uh, and uh, as you said it's been really successful last year was the first year we were able to do this raffle and and it and the dollars go to help perpetuate the elk program in tennessee mm-hmm. so it's all goes right back into that program yeah it's it's a really good thing and uh, so so anyway before uh for several years before the commission had allowed us to do a uh, an elk tag that that we would auction, mm-hmm. you know, an online auction, and uh, and this has worked out way better as far as uh, helping raise money for the program. Right. So, so uh, so it, kudos to TWRF for, right. for helping put this thing on. And then there's also the quota hunt application period coming up June 19th through midnight of Ju- July 24th, and you can apply for elk tags through that. And also, uh, there's was it 15 tags I think for the season or something like that. Just uh, check that application it's on our website and that starts on june 19th but uh you can apply for your favorite wmas and try to get in there and get one of those quota yeah quota hunt opportunities that's right and uh, the youth tag for the elk and there's a lot of opportunities out there so i think that wraps up the q a time yeah we get those questions on facebook we get questions calls in here to the office so uh, if you got questions and you want us to answer them on the show, send them send them my way. Or send them to ask TWRE or exactly. ask yeah, at tn.gov and and uh, we'll uh, try to answer those for you. All right. So back to it, the Middle Tennessee Turkey Study. Um, it's been going on for a while. Give us a quick overview, Roger, of what that study is, what yeah. what they're doing down there. So this is the third of basically five years of field work. Um, it started. I guess 2016, 2017 was when they started trapping. And, and the goal of this research is to um, get information, get data on the, you know, the vital rates, those, those uh, reproductive parameters and, and survival rates um, of the population. Down in Middle Tennessee, there's five counties that we're looking at. Uh, Lincoln, Lawrence, Giles are the three that were in pretty steep decline and trying to identify what was going on there and then we included um, Murray and Bedford as kind of a, it was originally designed to be kind of the control counties, uh-huh. things that were normal. Um, and, and since then, I think Bedford has kind of started to see a little bit steeper decline too. Huh. Um, anyway, um, again, just trying to document, get all the data we can, collect as much as we can. And, and they are collecting a, a, uh, a boatload of data, you know, everything from adult survival, both gobblers and hens, um, nesting rates, nesting success rates, mm-hmm. poult survival, um, you know, habitat use, habitat at the nest sites. Um, they're collecting information on, uh, you know, disease monitoring, hunter effort, hunter opinion, hunter attitude, um, gobbling 
information. I mean, wow, just about everything. And and we're like I said, we're about at the midpoint right now. So. And you say they, it's in conjunction with it's us yeah. and who else? Yeah, the University of Tennessee, Knoxville is who we're working with on that. And uh, they've got they've got a, one graduate student that's just finishing up and then another one just starting. They're kind of, that they're, they're handing off the baton, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> and uh, so, like I said, just kind of right in the middle of it. We're getting some preliminary data from this first graduate student as he finishes up his thesis. Uh, he's, he's doing some work looking at the nesting behavior and nesting ecology and then the full study and, and all the analysis will be done by the second graduate student who's a, a PhD student um, at the conclusion of it but but you know um, they're they're staying on target in terms of what they're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. they're, they're keeping about a hundred birds both 100 hens and 100 gobblers on air you know transmitted okay and um, I was out with them uh, tail end of last week, they're out trapping poults, which uh-huh. was kind of cool, you know, getting out there and 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 uh, helping them with that. And uh, you know, they're another component they're adding this year is uh, habitat manipulation. So they're wanting to go in there and do some um, site specific um, habitat management, if you will, okay. see if they can improve the conditions on the ground that uh-huh. would maybe translate to better survival of poults. And, and ultimately, you know, reproductive uh, productivity and, and the numbers of birds out there. So they're just kicking that off. That'll be kind of these last three years of that work. Okay. Is that a factor? You think that's a factor in some of the decline that the, those folks are seeing down there? You think the habitat is an issue? or um, It's just one of the factors they're studying, I guess. It's one that they're looking at, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they're, there's, there's improvements that can always be made sure. on the ground. Right. You know, whether Anywhere. it's timber, uh, you know, forest land, grasslands, whatever. Right. And so if you, it, it, I guess it's like, you know, we, we have these ideas. And they want to really measure if you do this work, does it actually translate? You know, because right. we, we don't want to be telling people do this if it doesn't really uh-huh. help out. So. Right. I bet when all this data starts coming in, and I, and it has already, I'm sure your engineering background comes into. <laughs> <laughs> I was only in. I wasn't in engineering very long, so. <laughs> but uh, but there's some math involved. Yes, I, I've yes. seen you guys. You know, you, when you're when you're dealing with a, a species specific, especially like this, you know, and you, you're looking at the numbers and the, you know, there's there's just so much to consider in. Uh, uh, there's a lot to it, and and you guys look at a lot of spreadsheets along with uh, going out on the ground, which too. is why we're we're contracting with the universities. Oh. You know, <laughs> a lot of modeling going on there. It's so. good experience for them too. Yeah, it's a lot of good hands-on for them. Maybe see some future wildlife resources agency biologists. Yeah, you never know. Um, well, and there was also uh, got an email from you the other day, and I think a lot of folks did. Hey, we need some help with our annual turkey survey. Oh, tell yeah. Us, tell us what that's about. What's the annual turkey survey? Oh, oh. I guess a statewide. The, there's a we. The agency has been for 20 years plus, probably uh, conducting a summer turkey sighting survey. Is basically okay. what it is. So. Um, some people call it like a brood survey, uh-huh. but we expand it beyond just brood. So um, staff, employees are out. And, and it traditionally had been our biologists and law enforcement officers or you know, folks are out in the field driving around doing their work outside. When they'd see a turkey, 
they'd record what they saw, you know, whether it was a gobbler with a, a hen or two hens by themselves uh-huh. or a hen with some poles, you know, whatever they see, they write it down. Mm-hmm. And we just run that from June 1st through the end of August. Um, and, and I was just reaching out to folks here in the office to see if they had interest in, in participating in that. So. I need to recruit my wife for this because she has to stop regularly on her route to work for a, <laughs> a, a parade of a flock of turkeys yeah. that will walk across the road. Not a herd, right? <laughs> flock. No. Uh, well, uh, I'll volunteer right now. I saw uh, two gobblers this morning. All right. And a couple of hens. And then I see this same hen every morning coming to work. And she has to get out of the road. She just stands right in the middle of the road and doesn't care if I drive by or whatever. But anyway, so uh, you can find uh, – you can put that in your survey. All right. <laughs> I volunteered. They can be creatures of habit, can't yeah. they? Oh, and, very, and, and they get very used to seeing people when they're not being oh, yeah. pursued by them. Right. And, and, and it leads to problems in a lot of cities. If you're paying attention to the news articles ever, you know, just about every big city around the, the eastern part of the U.S. Uh, is dealing with some form or fashion of, you know, nuisance turkeys. Uh-huh. So, really? Yeah. It's a, it can become a problem if, if you don't keep them wild. Yeah, I I never thought about that uh, turkey being a nuisance, but uh, I do see some turkeys regularly, you know, feeding around this coop, chicken coop, and I wonder if they're wild or or uh, free or you know farm birds, but uh, they look to be wild. Yeah, know? when I when I'm referring to nuisance, I'm talking you know like in city limits okay. and things where they're getting in around mm-hmm. parking lots and and slowing up traffic and and just you know creating right congestion and, and difficulties for uh-huh. folks. So, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, when it comes to these these uh, summer surveys, do you look for help from the public or is it mainly just uh, in-house folks? We, we've been doing it in-house and that's something I want to look into. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, some more data analysis stuff. I want to look at, we've got this graduate student working down here in Middle Tennessee and, and collecting a lot of information about um, brood survival. Well, we also are doing this brood survey. I'd like to compare the two and see how accurate our brood surveys are, the summer surveys, in comparison to what they're coming up with, and 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 just kind of make sure that, again, that the data we collect statewide mm-hmm. is is somewhat accurate, right. is close to accurate. Cool. And then um, if it is, I'd like to probably try and expand that a little bit and so mm-hmm. get more people involved in it. More so sightings, down the yeah. road, it it may be that we um, expand it to the general public and. And be out there, you know, asking folks to look for turkeys and yeah. report them when they yeah, see them. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on, especially the folks that live out in the country. They they're mm-hmm. going to see them riding around, mm-hmm. going to work and stuff. So, well, Roger, we're going to run out of time. Is there anything else you want to hit on before we close out here? We got a couple minutes. Boy, I think you just hit it glad all. to be here and excited to be in Tennessee and and uh, have all the support from everybody that I've been seeing. So it's yeah. wonderful. Thank hey, you, you. You impressed me. We got to that Middle Tennessee study, and he rattled off those counties like it was no Oh, man, business. I know it. So he's, I was going, man, I'm glad I didn't have to yeah, do that. Lincoln, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so, yeah, great to have you on, on board and look forward to working with you in the future. And thanks for being on this edition of Wildcast. Oh, thanks for inviting me. We'll have you back, and I'm sure the folks uh, out there listening and watching would love to have you back every so often and learn more about turkeys. Welcome to Tennessee. Thanks. So anyway, hey, don't forget, uh, we were going to mention that the fishing lakes are open. We just uh, got past free fishing day and free fishing week, but hey, there's still opportunities out there on our family fishing Family lakes. fishing lakes and a lot of summer left to uh, 
get out there and enjoy the, a beautiful day on the water and uh, and plenty of great bank fishing and yeah. uh, fishing piers that are just just begging people to come out there and yeah. uh, and make use of them. So. so that's page 22 of the fishing guide if you want to learn more about that or tnwildlife.org. And hey, we're on Google Play, Google uh, Podcast. You can All find right. Tennessee Wildcast there now. So if you're a Google user and you like to Google, go find us on Google. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We thank everybody for watching and listening, and we'll see you next time on Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.